This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, it's certainly hot out there, and uh, some like it hot, and I am one of them. Hopefully you are too. And uh, sometimes it takes a certain degree of hotness to uh, talk about this very hot subject, the secret society known as sex. You know, the one where everyone is doing it and no one is talking about it except, of course, yours truly every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. This show is more than a sex show. I just seduce you with the idea of sex because it is related to health. So this show encompasses subjects about health, relationships, love, and your body, as well as sex. Good evening. I'm Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm a researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight-up talk about sex and health. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box, and have a little fun. So please stay with me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I would like to say there's an aspect of sexual health that is dark and dreadful, and that is sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. Of course, for those of you who have been tortured in this way, and it is torture or sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. My heart goes out to you. Thank you all for listening, and good evening, Matt. How are you? I'm hot. Oh, well, (laughs) bada bing. (laughs) So Matt's hot out there, okay, ladies? This is a hot guy we have in the studio. He's here every Sunday night. I was with waiting me. a little too long to say that. I must admit, <laughs> I'm actually freezing. The air conditioning's on. No, in I here. know what you mean. I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now because the AC is <laughs> cramped in here. No kidding. It went from 32 down to 24. And what was that about? And there was a cloud cover. Like, what's going on? I thought we were having 11 days of sun. It came in really, really quick. It, was, it did. Yeah. Yes, I didn't like it. I was actually in the ocean when that happened. I was swimming this afternoon. Um, but it was hot all day, which was nice. I wanted to tell you that, you know, sometimes people listen to this show. And if you're listening to the show, may I suggest you put those kitties to bed, please? Because we are going to be talking about sex and we are going to take your calls. Matt has the lines open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Well, sometimes I speak to listeners and I happen to have the opportunity to speak to a listener this week. And he said, quote unquote, hey, that Matt... Your sidekick. He's a good guy. He sounds like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> but I thought you'd like that. My oh, sidekick. Nice. I do. <laughs> I, actually, I, I would love to be your sidekick. I'll even wear spandex. Matt, you are my sidekick, okay? <laughs> it could be pink, too. Spandex isn't good with the... <laughs> Apparently, it, it overheats you. That's what I've heard. Have you seen those new bathing suits um, for I women? I bought a new bathing suit today. Okay, well, <laughs> Hot pink. So there's these new bathing suits out there right now. And in it, it literally, it's a one piece for women and it just shows a man's body. So it's a little deceptive. Is it like a dad bod or is yeah, it a good bod? No, 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 no. It's like a dad bod. <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> oh, wow. But they're the, they're the latest So excited. For, well, uh, well, because dad bods are in, apparently. Yep, yeah. They are. I'm not big on them, but, you know, a lot of people just love 
the trend. I like to buck the trend. Uh, tonight on the program, we're going to be talking about how to heal after a breakup. I had an interesting case in my clinical practice this week, and I thought, you know, people need to understand and to learn that it it's grief. It's a loss. And, and how do you do that? And, and what are some of the better ideas? There's some bad ideas out there like, you know turning up to their house late at night or other things that are not such good ideas. Anyway, so we're talking about that because who has not had a broken heart? We all certainly have experienced that. And also, um, how since we're talking about broken hearts and all that kind of thing, and how old were you when you made... I'm not asking you this question, Matt, <laughs> but it's getting younger and younger all the time. How old were you when you made your sexual debut? I had a very interesting email about that. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, women's health tonight. Uh, talk about both subjects, and I'm going to get to you guys a little bit later on in the program. But uh, I'm going to be talking about estrogen. A lot of women have a really negative attitude about estrogen. And and since it's so hot uh, and their hot flashes might get even worse, still they want to suffer because they're ill-informed. And so I'm going to give you the latest on estrogen tonight. Um, Also, we're going to be talking about uterine fibroids and the impact they can have on your quality of life, fertility, and other aspects of a woman's life. Uh, endometriosis, what's real, what's a myth, what are some of the misconceptions, and what are the truths about endometriosis? It might surprise you. And what surgery is on the rise for women in Canada? This might surprise you as well. It surprises me, I gotta say, like, I would really like to be completely (laughs) open about this one, but I don't think I can say this on the air. (laughs) But maybe, we'll see. Maybe after nine o'clock I can, but... uh, uh, seriously, this is this one. It's a it's a head scratcher for me, anyway. Uh, and uh, I see so many guys in my clinical practice that come in and they're they've got the same complaint. And also, since I did that TEDx talk, which is close to four point seven million views, not everyone's nice about the comments. I have to say, there've been a few nasties. No one's ever <laughs> nice on their comments <laughs> online, though. Well, some some people have been really gracious and, yeah. and lovely, but I just love the ones that are, are just nasty. Anyway, um, I respond to most of them, nasty or not, I don't care. Um, but it, a lot of people didn't realize if you don't have something nice to say to somebody, don't say anything at all. But I don't mind. You, I've I've certainly built up a Teflon skin when I when I go on there and check it, and I'm just like, okay. It's, it's either a rash of good ones or bad ones. Anyway, but so you just have to get yourself psychologically prepared. Who are these people writing me from their mother's basement anyway, right? People concerned about infidelity and masturbation, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> uh, somebody said that there was somebody that wanted to, well, he said he claimed he wanted to to the video, but he was he was uh, pleasantly surprised that that wasn't what the video was about. It was not about... Uh, That's not the first person that said that to you, I don't think. No. That sounds no, like you brought that up before. Yes, yes, I have. Anyway, that's okay. Whatever floats your boat. I was out on a boat on Friday night. We were over on the west coast of Bowen Island. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I love that segue. <laughs> like, oh, and I was actually on a boat. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> What floats your boat? I'll tell you what floats mine. Uh, yeah, beautiful area over there. And uh, we were skinny dipping. Yeah, it was great. There's nothing more freeing than swimming in your b- birthday suit. Did in you the have ocean. like the phosphorescence going around no, you and everything? We did, no, no phosphorescence. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was dark enough, actually. But um, 
Yeah, so that's that's from the silt, isn't it? From the uh, glacier um, it's, runoff. It's from phytoplankton, and when they get disturbed in the very dark of night, they glow like an indigo watch. They ran so far away from us <laughs> when they saw us whip those suits off. Anyway, it was a lot of fun and lots of uh, wonderful things you can do out there in the hot weather with your lover, your partner, your wife, whomever, your mistress, whomever. I'm not promoting that. Um, Whoever you want to float your boat with. Uh, So also in the second half of the program, I thought, uh, you know, I get a lot of guys coming into my clinical practice and they have the, the same complaint, lots of emails and Skype. That was it. I do Skype consults and I wanted to say that probably the most common Skype consult that I get from around the world. France, Mexico, the U.S., Singapore, India, all over. Uh, It's my wife doesn't want to have sex with me, basically. (laughs) And it's like they want to blame the wife. And and I think, and, and also in my clinical practice, I... Well, on Skype, I see these guys, too, and I make them all tell me how tall they are and how much they weigh, and then I do their BMI for them. But anyway, I'm actually going to give you a little secret on one thing you can do to get more sex in your marriage because guys just it's so easy to blame somebody else and I'll tell you what they say about their wives uh, a little bit later anonymously anyway I'm not going to bust anybody and then your emails got some great emails as well so I'll be emailing uh, I will uh, be telling you there's one now (laughs) sorry (laughs) gotta turn that phone off anyhow uh yeah, so I love your emails. You can email me. Uh, you might as well go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, because that seems to be where everybody is emailing me, and then I can organize them nicely. Um, so go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, or you can go to sextalk at cknw.com. But if you have any questions tonight at all, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're covering lots of subjects for the ladies and gentlemen tonight. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting this program for you. Thank you for joining me this evening, me and my sidekick, Matt. Anyway, we're always here talking about sex and health and love. Hopefully you've put the children to bed because it is time for them to go to bed. It is after 8 o'clock now. Uh, This show goes till 10 p.m., so uh, hopefully you can stay with me the whole time. Hopefully they've got some stamina out there, Matt, huh? What do you think? I don't know. Maybe if they're listening to this show, they're looking for stamina. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now we're talking about a serious subject. So uh, breaking up. Breaking up is hard to do. It is. It's a heartbreak. And it's a physical issue. It's, it can cause physical pain. It is sad. You think your life is over. You may have been betrayed. So the breakup may be the result of infidelity or lying or uh, substance use and abuse or whatever reason, just going your own way. You can go your own way. I think I'm off key tonight. But anyway, um, So this is really difficult to do. And I had a couple in my clinical practice who were seeking help because get this, he was still thinking about his former girlfriend. They were getting married. This couple was getting married and he didn't want to have the rehearsal dinner, meet the parents at the day, all these things because he confessed and, you know, God bless him. He was honest. 
he was still thinking about his previous girlfriend, who he'd gone out with for a long time. This guy had commitment issues. I don't know if you know anyone out there like that. But um, he was going out with this woman for about five or six years, and she wanted to get married. And they were in their mid-30s, and it was about time. And she wanted to start a family, and he kept delaying. Delay, delay, delay. And then they decided that they would get engaged, and they they had set a date last uh, spring to get engaged, and then he delayed it one too many times, and that was her tipping point, and that was it. And she cut him off, never saw him again, would not take his calls. He went out and bought a $15,000 engagement ring to try to lure her back in, seduce her back in. Lure, I guess, isn't the right word, but maybe it is. You know, it is his ego had been hit, quite frankly, and had it had been hit hard. And he was a bit of a control freak. He had a big job, and, you know, he was um, the executive in charge, but uh, not in charge of this aspect of his life any longer. So he rebounded, went into a new relationship, and, uh, quite frankly, was breaking this woman's heart as well. And it was interesting because he had cheated on his girlfriend with this woman whenever, well, not really cheated on, when they had broken up and they had broken up over those five or six years, that other girlfriend he had had, he would go to this plan B. He would go to this woman. So she was delighted that she was engaged to him, very thrilled, but then his behavior did not reflect that of somebody who was equally as excited about walking down the aisle. So I said, you know, you cannot be, I mean, this guy had commitment issues anyway, but I said, you can't be planning a wedding and engaging and, you know, on a rebound and, and when you're thinking about your previous girlfriend, because quite frankly, she dumped you. That's the only reason you wanted her back. It was a big hit to your ego. So I'm pretty straight up with patience. (laughs) Wait till you hear what I have to say later on in the program. (laughs) Nobody will tell you, but I will. Um, diplomatically, of course, and I was far more diplomatic, of course, with this couple in my clinical practice and professional because I have to be. But when I tell you the story this way, it it can be delivered in a a slightly different way. But you know what? There's a lot of healing that needs to happen here after for everybody involved in that situation, for the woman who was heartbroken because her long-term boyfriend did not want to get married, for him because he did, he didn't realize what he had until he lost her. And then for this new woman that he uh, became engaged to, who they obviously broke off the engagement after seeing me, (laughs) that happens. Um, No, after coming to my, (laughs) that didn't sound good. After coming to my clinical practice, you know, it's just nonsense to actually um, go into another relationship before you've healed from the previous relationship. It's not to say that that relationship won't work in a year or two, but you need the time to heal after a breakup, after betrayal. You need to get back your self-identity after experiencing that breakup. And you need, to, you need to detach yourself from your ex completely. And that is one thing that that woman did, that this gentleman's ex-girlfriend did. She detached from him completely. And she's in another relationship, actually. About a year later, she got into another relationship. So you need that time to work on yourself so you can help to heal yourself faster. And you need to look at yourself and say, what did I do to contribute to the breakup of this relationship? 
And so you're going to have a new relationship with the person that you're breaking up with as well. Say you're married and, and it's a breakup after a divorce and you have children. This is going to be a new way that you have to deal with this particular person that you were sleeping with perhaps last week, as soon as last week, maybe not, um, but that you were a husband and wife with and now you're splitting up and there are children to deal with. So you need time to heal because you could be in a very mixed feeling situation. You know you have to be civil for the children and that's the best thing that you can do for your children because children do need that security, especially during a divorce. But um, you need to... uh, Spend quality time with people who love you and people who care about you and people who can listen to your stories ad nauseum, those painful heartbreak stories that we all have that, uh, so people that are patient and can understand the pain of your heartbreak and the people who will still stay by you and will understand that you need to process your pain. And when you share your stories, that's when you release some of the pain, when you cry, you also release some of the pain through your tears. So I I also suggest crying is a darn good thing. I love to cry myself. Um, You may need to seek, uh, in addition to some personal help through friends and relatives, you may need to seek some professional help or spiritual help as well. Maybe speak to your doctor about this breakup because it can impact your, your health. You might stop eating. You may not sleep as well. It can lead to negative circumstances like stress and anger and other negative feelings. So focus on life-prospering positive thoughts only for your personal, professional, and spiritual growth. So it's not easy. Breakup never is. And there is life after a breakup, but it takes processing the pain and healing from the trauma. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you very much for being here with me on this hot evening. It's getting a little bit cooler. Things are cooling off. Hopefully it's not cooling off in your relationship. If it is, you've come to the right place. There are certain medical conditions that occur to women that may certainly impact their sexual health, their sexuality, their sense of themselves, and their sexual self-esteem, and basically their quality of life. And one of those things is uterine fibroids. Uterine fibroids are non-cancerous tumors that grow along or within the walls of the uterus. They're primarily made up of smooth muscle cells along with small amounts of other tissues, and they can range dramatically in size. Some are microscopic, others may be eight inches or the size of a grapefruit, if you can imagine. And um, so they can certainly impact a person's quality of life. They are generally, they are typically uh, not cancerous by definition. They are benign by definition, in fact. There's an occasionally about one in a thousand um, cancers, uh, when a when a smooth muscle tumor, is what I should say, is cancerous, is cancerous. Sorry, which happens about uh, one in every one thousand smooth muscle tumors of the uterus, it is called a leiomyosarcoma. So that's something altogether different. Your chances of developing a cancerous growth do not increase because you have uterine fibroids. So, nor do other uterine cancers increase because uterine, you have uterine fibroids. Uterine fibroids are extremely common. Uh, and, and women with uterine fibroids experience symptoms, whereas most women um, with uh, the, the non do not necessarily experience the 
same type of symptoms. So for at least 25% of patients, some symptoms will occur. And these symptoms may involve abdominal pressure. Uh, we call them the bulking uh, syndrome, bulking symptoms. Uh, you can feel bloating in the pelvis or the stomach. You can feel a particular fullness. Um, and they may also impact your monthly menstrual cycle, and this can take many different forms. You can experience severe cramping and pain. Also, you may notice that your menstrual bleeding is heavier, and sometimes it may include blood clots. So others find that their menstruation lasts longer or becomes more frequent. It can also cause spotting or breakthrough bleeding or bleeding in between menstruation. You can also have pain during sexual intercourse with uterine fibroids and also experience lower back pain. They may also produce bladder symptoms because often uterine fibroids press against the bladder. So you may get, might get frequency or urgency. Um, so these are um, often treated with a hysterectomy. That's often the only treatment that is offered to women. I actually did a survey recently on my uh, website, WIN, the Women's Health Initiative Network, and, and it showed 50% of the time that was the number one option that the patients heard that the doctor had prescribed for their fibroids. There's a difference between endometriosis and fibroids, but both of them can cause pelvic pain, and sometimes the two conditions can be confused. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about endometriosis after this subject. Um, but fibroids can certainly uh, cause problems in a woman's life. They also may cause fertility issues. And oftentimes a woman has not finished having her family and she may, after one or two babies, develop a uterine fibroid and then she may want to have another child. So if hysterectomy is her only option, uh, that may not sit very well with her. Well, there is a conservative measure. Um, there is medication now that um, you can ask your doctor about. It's Fibristol. And that medication has been proven to decrease the size of the uterine fibroid and along with it, all of those symptoms. So one of the good cases that, uh, one of the good examples where it may be beneficial is for a woman who is waiting to have a hysterectomy and has been bleeding for a long time, perhaps, and and um, may, might have to wait a month or two or three and, and might be anemic. So it's actually, uh, there's an opportunity to take that medication while that woman waits for surgery and she can actually be healthier prior to uh, get, she can get healthier and not be anemic uh, when she goes into surgery. So there's lots of benefits for this, um, this conservative measure. Um, the medication. So do ask your doctor about Fibristol. Women can get back to work right away uh, they, if they're waiting for surgery. And you don't necessarily have to uh, have surgery. You can actually, in some cases, obliterate surgery altogether, especially it may be a nice bridge to perimenopause or menopause, which is often when the fibroids uh, will decrease. So we don't really know what causes um, uterine fibroids. Some people say that uh, for women who begin their periods earlier in life, they're more likely ex to experience uterine fibroids. And there's also an elevated risk for women who take female hormones, but this does not apply to those on birth control. So we really don't know what causes them, but um, there may be growth hormones, genetic changes, estrogen, progesterone, 
or cells that are misplaced during fetal development. So it's an important women's health subject. I am the executive director of WIN, Women's Health Initiative Network. It's a national not-for-profit organization to raise awareness about these below-the-belt issues that we don't talk about necessarily. And, you know, you can feel pretty down if you have a uterine fibroid. You're, you're not feeling well most of the time. It may impact your sex life. You may have sexual pain. You'll, it'll lead to low sexual desire. You think it's never going to go away, or you might have to be waiting for surgery. Um, so talk to your doctor. There are newer treatments happening all the time, and one of the greatest breakthroughs is this Fibristol. So um, ask your doctor about that, um, and it might uh, change your life and and actually improve your quality of life. These are very common uterine fibroids, and they happen to women between the ages of 30 and 50, the busiest time of a woman's life when she's building not only her career, but often her family as well, and at times uh, part of the sandwich generation. So she might be taking care of her parents, taking care of her children, working on building her career. My goodness, there's a lot to do. And then all of a sudden you get uterine fibroids, maybe the size of a grapefruit. It can really impact your quality of life. So Never give up. Keep looking for uh, treatments and help for yourself. Ask questions. You can email me. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. I'm happy to help in any way I can. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We're talking about a lot of below-the-belt issues for ladies tonight. Uh, but don't worry, guys. I have something for you a little bit later on in the program. Straighten you all out. Uh, talking about endometriosis, which affects over 5 million women in North America. This disease is caused by the endometrial cells or the cells of the uterus abnormally growing in inappropriate areas of the body. They typically grow outside of the uterus, um, on the reproductive organs, the fallopian tubes, and the ovaries. It can spread to other internal organs as well, such as your bladder and your intestines also. It can also affect the lymphatic system if the tissue is uh, released there. The only way to confirm a diagnosis of endometriosis is through laparoscopy. You can't even do it through CT scan or MRIs. And the treatments include hormonal medications like the birth control pill the, or, or the oral contraceptive pill, painkillers, which is dangerous, especially these days, and surgery. So there are s- several common symptoms of, painful, of, uh, of endometriosis, and these can be confused with other medical conditions, other diseases like uterine fibroids. So... It's very important that you go and see a physician who is skilled in differential diagnosis of uterine fibroids and endometriosis because one of the most common symptoms of endometriosis is also a common symptom of uterine fibroids, and that's painful menstruation. So it can, the pain can start one week before ovulation and continue until one week after the end of menstruation. So that's a long time, and it can be a constant discomfort and maybe excessive cramping, and the cramping may radiate and come in waves. Uh, So this can be very depressing to live with. Excessive bleeding during menstruation is another symptom of endometriosis, and it can be a dangerous symptom because uh, menstruation may last longer than seven days. So 
women may have low iron that can, of course, lead to fatigue and hair loss and anemia. And so you may want to take iron supplements. Speak to your doctor about taking iron supplements. Again, uh, women can be treated with the oral contraceptive pill, and that can change some of these symptoms. Back pain. It's also a symptom of uterine fibroids, but it's a symptom of endometriosis. And it can be caused by a variety of conditions. It can happen immediately after menstruation, but it can certainly be a very, very distressing symptom. And it can be caused by the uterus contracting and cramping. It can also be caused by scar tissue that forms around the internal organs after the endometriosis damage. So when that damage is internal, the pain may radiate to your back or your chest. So you might want to take a warm, relaxing bath and help to relax your tense back muscles. Um, So this is something else that uh, you're not going crazy. These are symptoms as well. Another very important symptom is painful penetrative sex. And because endometriosis damages the reproductive organs, this is why sexual intercourse may become very painful because the act of the penetration pushes against the scar tissue and that damages the muscles. So that can be really upsetting for loving couples, couples who may still be attracted to one another, uh, couples who are, um, you know, wanting to share that intimate bond with one another. Uh, There are some ways to deal with that, Uh, especially, uh, it can be especially painful uh, emotionally and physically um, if a woman gets low sexual desire, experiences low sexual desire as a result of it, and also may have some problems along the female sexual response cycle. So take it slowly with, of course, communicating between each other is very helpful when achieving penetrative sex because a woman's body may also tense up. So maybe a nice body massage with um, essential oils would be lovely prior to penetration. Um, so relax, maybe utilizing some mindfulness uh, during this time, but but keep that intimacy um, intact. Keep that going as much as you possibly can. There are certainly things you can do, many, many things you can do besides penetrative sex um, to enjoy one another, um, especially these days when it's so hot out. Um also, one of the most devastating symptoms of endometriosis is infertility, and it's estimated that over 30% of women suffering from endometriosis will be unable to get pregnant. This can be a, a game changer, a life changer for so many women. And this, the reason for this is there's a scar tissue that damages the ovaries and the walls of the uterus. And getting pregnant is not the only problem, but actually carrying the child to term may be another challenge as well. And studies demonstrate that women with endometriosis have a much higher chance of a miscarriage. There are hormone imbalances and scar formations that contribute to this. And also the there's a link between your, your body's immune system, perhaps in dealing with endometriosis, especially if it's been a chronic condition, and miscarriage. So the, the, the hypothesis is that the body may not, not recognize the embryo unlike it does with healthy women. So that can be particularly devastating for women. Women may also experience painful urination 
because the entire urinary tract may become scarred or affected, including the bladder and the kidneys and the urethra. So you can see this impacts every single aspect of a woman's life, and it can be devastating for her and to live with chronic pain. And of course, it can impact the relationship as well. A woman may also experience blood in the urine, pain in the kidneys. So flank pain, that's that low back pain on either side. Um, that they might have urgency, frequency, and also the inability to urinate. So they may experience urinary retention as well. There are certainly things that can be done um, to help this this condition. Uh, also, painful bowel movements. You wouldn't think about this, but the pain cannot be overstated. And the impact on a person's uh, psychological stability is also impacted as well, because the, what why you have painful bowel movements is because the tissue can attach itself to the bowels themselves. That shedding each month means that uh, this tissue is shed all over uh, the body. So it's a very difficult condition um, to deal with. A woman may also feel like her insides are being pulled down, and that that happens in the later stages of endometriosis. Um, and it's just that you're feeling like everything is being pulled out of you. As the endometrial tissue adheres to the organs, that resulting scar tissue may fuse multiple organs together. And this is advanced endometriosis. It's a very good idea to be treated for endometriosis and um, speak to your doctor about it. So if you have these symptoms, and of course all these symptoms are going to lead to fatigue and maybe even depression, um, because it's your body is struggling to perform basic function, and it's fatigue is one of the most underreported symptoms of endometriosis because it can be related to so many other conditions. So, if you suffer from this this fatigue, you want to speak to your doctor about this and just make sure um, that this is in fact related to um, related to the endometriosis, and you know somebody who's feeling like this is not going to be able to exercise. They're not going to be able to socialize. They're not going to be able to participate in activities of daily living because they're going to have constipation and diarrhea. Those are some other symptoms as well. But um, it's a very difficult um, condition, medical condition, that affects, as I said, uh, 10% of women who suffer. And the majority of women are in their 30s and 40. So it's that prime of life uh, that women are experiencing endometriosis. And so there, there are things that you can do. There's symptomatic relief. Um, so I would suggest definitely speaking with your doctor, seeing your doctor, and um, you know making sure that they are extremely experienced um, with this condition. So not to bring you all down with this, but uh, it's, um, it's a very serious condition, and it can certainly impact quality of life. And, but there are treatments for this, and um, may I suggest you seek those treatments. If you have any questions at all, you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. I can lead you to physicians who treat this condition. But um, So we're going to uh, lighten this conversation up a little bit. Matt, did you see my blog post this week? I did, actually. It was really good. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm trimming my hedge today. That one? I, yeah, I completely <laughs> agree with you, actually. I that I should have had my head trimmed? No, well, <laughs> that you shouldn't take a razor down there. No. But. <laughs> well, the hedge I was talking about. Well, I, when I went to the beach that morning, I said, I'm so happy I'm having my head trimmed today. I, I, I shout out to Pacific Tree Service, no, Pacific West Tree Services. Let's get their name right. 
um, uh, great company, uh, who came and trimmed my hedge, but uh, came and gave me a great quote. And then also they were supposed to do it next week, and then they called Wednesday night and said they could do it Thursday. So I was so happy that they could do it Thursday. It and took I, you that long to trim your hedge, did it? It took it took hours. It took six. It took eight guys, <laughs> eight guys, two trucks, a boom, and a chipper. <laughs> And finally, there was <laughs> uh, it was cleared <laughs> through the forest. You could see the forest through the trees. Um, so, but when I went to the beach, of course, I said to a friend of mine, "I'm so happy I'm having my hedge trimmed." And she said, "I am too today." I'm like, "Not that hedge, <laughs> this hedge." But it did prompt me to uh, write a bit of a blog about um, about uh, hedge trimming, shall we say? Uh, muff buffing, bushwhacking. Uh, lot, there's, it's very popular these days for women to smooth things over down there through shaving, waxing, plucking, laser therapy, and uh, debilitory creams, which probably are not as popular as they have been in years past. But um, it can be very dangerous. According to a study in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, 60% of women had at least one health complication incurred from pubic hair removal. And it was typically an epidermal abrasion, which are invisible cuts to the skin, a laceration, a rash, and or ingrown hairs. It does make you a little bit more susceptible to sexually transmitted infections like uh, herpes and HPV, genital warts, and those can be passed on to your partner. But, you know, often um, this is a deal breaker for some guys. They're, they just want the smooth, prepubescent Barbie look or, no, or I, the just, relationship's you, over. You just got to trim, right? <laughs> well, like. trimming to trim or not to trim, that is the question. It may be the answer as well. So trimming could be uh, more beneficial uh, for women less risk of infection, um, you know, but the bottom line is this is a trend and, um, and uh, you know, like every good trend, they come in, they go out, in and out. That's what sex is all about too. But you know what? A shout out to Pacific West Tree Services for the inspiration for my blog at 50 Shades of Pink. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.